The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings you its most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, Georgia's Box. I'm JJ, he's Keith, and it's a great week to be a Yankee fan. Keith, my man, how you doing? Solid, brother. It's always a good week to be us. It is, man. It's been a good week to be a Yankee fan, but you know what? I'm going to just, from the rip, I'm just going to go right out. (laughs) and talk about a little controversy I've gotten myself wrapped up in. So it's 6 o'clock on Tuesday. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, we're doing this before the game. But I've gotten myself into a little bit of controversy, Keith. I know you've maybe seen a little bit of it, and this is a place. It kind of impacts you because it's a place where you go. I do stadium eats. comes out every Tuesday. I go to different bars stadiums, I eat different food, I drink drinks, I just tell you what it's like. Um, I've done it for years with food, started doing bars this year because people just tweet at me, JJ, where should I go before the game? Like first game, you know, a lot of people, it's their first time in the Yankee Stadium or they haven't been in a while, they want to know the coolest place, things change, fine. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do bars this year. I'm going to get that involved so I could tell you that if you are a fireman or you want to see two women fight, you go to stands. If you want to listen to fucking loud ass music and see girls with fat asses pour overpriced drinks, you're going to Billy's. If you want to go and smell chlorine and eat Taco Bell and, you know, have cheap PBR shits the next day, (laughs) you go to the dugout. If you're my dad or you want to go in sweatpants, you don't care about chicks, you want big shots, you go to the Yankee Tavern. You got your family in town because you moved to New York after college and your dad's still kind of paying your rent but like you're trying to show him you've made it yourself so you get some bleacher tickets and he ends up buying field level tickets anyway because he doesn't want to send your poor seats you should work harder you're disappointing your dad uh you go to the hard rock but if you are the real of the real 
and you know about it. Keith, where do the real of the real go to drink before the game? La Bodega in the cut. So you go to La Bodega. I know about La Bodega. You know about La Bodega. Some of the people who are listening to this know about La Bodega. People who are listening to this know about La Bodega, do not know where La Bodega is. And I think that's the most important thing. You don't tell them. There is no rule. You don't talk about Fight Club. You just don't say where the Fight Club is. So I made a Stadium Eats video. I filmed this in June. It was after our June Friday night Bronx Pinstripes event. It was the next day. I went and I filmed this. And I filmed the opening, cold open, by the parking garage where there are no bodegas. Very far from La Bodega. I then cut. I went in. I bought my beers. I did all the things you do in La Bodega without filming any of it. Then in the back, against the wall, so you saw no one else or where it was, I gave a little bit of what it's like with words, not how to get there, not the address, not any of the people who were there. And I gave La Bodega an 8.1 of a score. Good. And people are fucking pissed. Keith, as someone who goes to La Bodega, are you upset with me at all? No, not at all. And I saw the video and I saw where you were when you introed the video and you said, like, I'm not giving this away because I might get killed or something along those lines. Which and is a little, a little bit of dramatic because, you know, we're trying to make a good video. But it was a good video because you gave nothing away and then you pop up in La Bodega and it's one of those things, if you know, you know. And... I saw some of the comments on Facebook and even some of the stuff on Twitter. And I'm like, what are these people bugging out about? And usually it's the people bugging out that aren't really in it, right? I have been going there for the last two, three years. I have met people that are, are literally in there every day almost. I've met people that live locally. I've met the bleacher creatures that kick it in there. I come there before games, after games. People fuck with me in there. And I don't think the people that are regulars in there would see this video and care at all. They say, oh, good job. Yeah. He, he, he gave a little bit of a look inside without giving it away. There is no one that will see that video from anywhere in the world and pop up at Yankee Stadium and say, yeah, I know how to get there. No one knows how to get there. It's impossible. My wife filmed that, was there, and she told me, she was like, I saw you getting some blowback. And I was like, yeah, it was her first time ever there. And she goes, I'll be honest. If you drop me at Yankee Stadium, I don't think I could remember how to get there. Right. But, you know? So I got people. I got shout to Mike Gee on Facebook. I think that's how you say who commented, who I think has the best take on this. I was very skeptical at the beginning of this video, but he did keep it pretty simple. Didn't show much at all. Well done. Which is what yeah. I was looking for. Yo, this, I look at this as like, this is a deep cut, right? If you've been there. You recognize, you recognize the spot, right? And you, you, know, you barely showed anything. You didn't show the outside of the place. You didn't show how you get there. You didn't show walking there. You didn't show walking through the place. And I saw a lot of people that are reasonable people. They're like, oh, you can drink in the back like any other bodega in New York. Thank it's you. like, I don't know. People just like something like they like to get fired up about stuff and they want to get at somebody and they, they definitely want to point the finger to say, oh, you're giving it away. Oh, you know, uh, this was the best kept secret and now it's ruined. No, it's not. And the thing is, yo, I'm, I'm really in there. Like I'm in there with, you're there all I'm, the time. I'm I'm really in there before and after the game. I'm in there. And people have literally said to me, Oh, I saw you on Bronx pinstripes. Oh, you do George's box. Oh, whatever. 
And I'm like, yeah, so like I'm a Yankee fan. I was coming here before any of that. And like we're chilling and I'm not going to post this on a Instagram story and say, hey, come like, no, I'm not going to give it up. Like, and you didn't give it up. So I don't understand what people are, I don't know, getting fired up about. It's like, it's the fake people, right? That's it. That's the thing about the internet. And that's the thing about these videos, right? We are actually in it. These fake people on Facebook might've been there once or twice. And they're like, delete that. Or this guy talking about, I'm going to punch you in the face, walk in there with me when the next time we're at the stadium. And I guarantee you, he probably won't even be there. And also nobody has that type of energy in there, period. Everyone's chilling. So when I was filming the video, um, I went, I filmed the, the thing where I spoke Spanish. The funny thing is there's a better take of me speaking Spanish than in the video, but uh, I drank six margaritas for brunch that day. So I spoke the Spanish perfectly and then just couldn't speak English. So I had to like redo it. And then I honestly, at one point, I didn't think I was even going to put this video out because I didn't think it was going to be like in the moment. I was like, this probably isn't good without showing the stuff that I don't want to show. And I didn't record any of the stuff that I wouldn't want to show. Like there is not much on the editing room floor because I tried to be respectful about it. But yeah, it's just like people who went there once or like, you know, here's what's going to happen for the playoffs. That first game of the ALDS is a Friday night. There's going to be a line around the block at Billy's and everywhere. And La Bodega is going to be slammed because everybody who really goes there is going to be there, whether they have a ticket to the game or not, they're going to be there. And there are going to be people who are fucking pissed at me and not the fact that it's a playoff game. Like they won't relate to, oh, last year for the playoffs, it was like this too. We got some messages. Like one guy just wrote four messages. You need to delete the post about the bodega. Please delete the post. You're going to ruin it for everyone who has been going there for years to find a quiet place to hang out before the game. Would you describe La Bodega as a quiet place to hang out before the game? No, and you can't ruin it. Like (laughs) Then it is inappropriate to try and gain social media publicity by exposing us. That's what that wasn't what you were trying to do. What the fuck? Do the right thing. If it wasn't for the bleacher creatures, no one would ever know about the bodega. Have respect for the people who've been there longer than you've been around and delete your video. This is what I think about it. You are from the Bronx. Thank I you. said as soon as as soon as you came on Bronx Pinstripes, I'm like, well, at least now we have some more legitimacy. We have someone from the Bronx, like on a podcast creating content from us. The rest of us aren't from the Bronx. You get to do this. I've been going and, there for forever. I've been and, drinking at Yankee Tavern before I like while I was in high school. I walk around with a PBA card in my wallet and I don't live in New York City. I'm as Irish Bronx as it fucking gets and I can go to La Bodega wherever I want with a fucking mariachi band and a camera if I feel like it. I look at it like this. It's authentic, right? As if if Keith McPherson and JJ have gone to La Bodega all of these times and you're doing videos about where to eat and drink, before a Yankee game and after, you show the deep cut, the bonus, even though it's a it's a little like speakeasy type of spot, you still put that on camera to show like, yo, there's some secret spots out here that you don't know about. I'm not telling you exactly how to get there. I'm not telling you to go there, but I'm showing you. Stick around. You might find where, out. Exactly. Know? There's a spot where one day maybe somebody will bring you. That's the way you get into La Bodega. Someone had to show me and I had to show the next one. Each one teach one. But everybody that's bugging out online, they're not in there. 
I'm telling you, I'm in there with the creatures. I'm in there with people. I smoke weed in there. I drink in there. I chill in there. I have for the last two to three years. It doesn't like the video doesn't change any of that. I've been and it's the Bronx. It's the Bronx. What the fuck do people think? The cops are going to be on Facebook and are going to be like, we've cracked it. This is the spot. No, nobody cares, yo. Nobody cares. The real people that are there don't care. I can tell you, I've probably been drinking at La Bodega, specifically at La Bodega. Like, I've drank at all the bars for fucking forever, back when Billy's was a bowling alley and all that shit. I've been drinking at La Bodega since at least 2014. So I got at least five years ago into La Bodega. That's all I want to say on that. And the funny thing is, in the video, so I make sure, like, I'm framed up. I'm just against the wall. Behind, so, like, if you're me facing the camera, to the left, there's a guy in the corner with just a table, just rolling blunts. It was like how I imagine if you go to Cuba and they're just rolling cigars, this guy's just whipping up blunts like it's fucking nothing. He's not even handing them out to people, not even smoking them. I'm like, is this guy about to sell these? Good for him. Then there were some old guys who, were, who just told me, and you see in the video, they say, don't ruin it for everyone. And I said, I wouldn't. After right, that, we know this. Yeah. They, then they were like, yo, can I get someone else to get a picture while I was in there? Like, come on, get out of here. So if you're mad about La Bodega because you go there and you think I've ruined it, you're probably dumb. If you don't know about La Bodega, yo, it's a pretty dope spot. I give it an 8-1. Go find it out. It, it, I put it on my YouTube last year. I didn't put the outside on. I didn't put um, how to get there on. But it, I did a YouTube video where I went to Yankee Stadium. And if you watch the video, I show the inside of La Bodega. I'm casually just like explaining, yo, this is a little chill spot. If you know, you know. Someone's got to bring you in here for you to learn where it is. And this is the last thing I'll say about it. People come to Yankee Stadium as a fucking tourist attraction. The average person would never walk to where La Bodega is because they're too afraid to walk through the the Bronx. Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, when the I, same way I park in the Bronx because I don't care, the average person is not going to park in the hood. And the average person listening to this, I wouldn't advise you to walk through to the hood to park or go to La Bodega just to figure it out. Someone should bring you there. The end. Yeah, let me give some advice. Like, don't assume every bodega's La Bodega. Like, don't assume any bodega's La Bodega. <laughs> that would be the best. Like, someone walking in, going to the counter, like, hey, is this they don't the even know what to stadium do. eats? Like, that's the other thing. The other thing is I left out in that video is, like, if you go into this bodega and you go to buy beer, you have to do something to get in the back right. to not just – and I never show that. So you didn't, I I said it in the Bronx pinstripes uh, group chat. I'm like, as someone who has been here a bunch of times, I made friends with the people behind the counter. I've made friends with the regulars in there. I've made friends with the people smoking, selling weed, the people that are the bleacher creatures, the people that are just casual fans, locals, whatever I'm in there. You didn't do anything to give this spot up and it will still, there's people there right now. We're, yeah. As we're recording this, there are people there right now, and it's still the best kept secret at Yankee Stadium. Imagine I just walked in and I was like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" We will, we we'll, we should walk in there one day, and I'm telling you, like, no one's gonna say anything. No, and even if they did say, "Yo, I saw your video," and when you find like the next time you go or what, I mean, you could probably find out the actual. I might go tomorrow place. night. Like, they have a uh, they have a Yelp, and uh, this bodega gets confused with the bodega like very. Uh, 20 something blocks away from it where yeah, someone got people killed. try and look it up well because someone got killed a year ago outside of bodega and this place's whole yelp is like you didn't you didn't help that kid getting stabbed to death and it's not there so like right. all the bodegas everyone confuses in the bronx anyway 
rest in peace. I think that was the kid junior that got yes. stabbed. Yeah, um, rest in peace to that to that kid. That was a complete different place, completely yeah, different totally looking different bodega. Place. Like you don't know what you don't know. That's all I'm gonna say. If you know, you know. And if you've been to the Bronx and around there, you know. And I guarantee you, some of these people yelling and screaming in comments and replies, they're not really that heavy like that out there. So like, save your uh, save your characters and your keyboard. Yeah. So I got fired up today about that. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. So did I. I'm glad we addressed it. And I hope uh, maybe we'll have to make a little video just to back up your video when we when we put this podcast out so people could see like, yo, you're, there's nothing in that video that gives away the spot. I've tried to think like if I had less followers or like, you know, Bronx Pinstripe said less followers, like when you made the video a, a year ago, whatever, put on YouTube, it didn't go in Bronx Pinstripes and you had less followers than you have now. So like no one cared. No one saw it. No one saw it. And in the video, I actually do show us walking through that door. No one saw it. And even if they go dig for it now, they're not going to find it. And it's not going to, it's still not going to give away the coordinates. Like, yeah, <laughs> no. Oh man. People just like to get mad. So that's the internet, but we're all here. Cause we're here to talk about your 2019 world series champion, New York Yankees. And I'll tell you what, it started out as a great week for us. Uh, you know, a week ago, we're in Seattle. We go out there. Tanaka gives us another seven innings, no earned runs, seven Ks. Aaron Judge, coming off that Dodger series, hits another home run, continues to be the man, packs in, goes out there, faces Justice Sheffield, who uh, slid in my DMs one time asking me what to eat at Yankee Stadium when he was with our AAA team and got <laughs> called up there just to watch a game. He was like, I'm in a sweep, but like, what should I eat here? Uh, so I'm sure he's a nice guy. Paxson gives us five innings, two earned runs. We get two against a bad team like Seattle. We get two nice starts, kind of the starts that we want to see. We're not going to see teams as bad as Seattle in the playoffs. But Tanaka, once again, going out there and making his ace case, as I like to call it. And Paxson just saying, you guys shouldn't put me in a rocket and shoot me into the sun with five innings of two earned run ball. I mean, that starts off. That starts things off nice for the week for us. Yeah, that was great. And uh, that start, started that series off the right way and just bombs over Baghdad. DJ had two bombs, Judge, uh, Gary. And it was the, you know, Paxton versus Sheffield trade bowl. Like it was like the matchup between uh, the Mariners and Yankees to see who won the trade. And you already knew who won the trade, but we went out there and proved it. Um, I mean, we I won the how, trade when Sheffield was in double A earlier this year. Yeah, when he was getting, yeah, he was getting worked. I think he, where did he end up in the Pacific? I don't know, somewhere he was he talking went, about. So he went single A, he went major leagues, triple A, and then the very rare triple A to double A demotion. Yeah, and I, on CC Sabathia's podcast, I think he was talking about the Pacific Coast League and how he was out there. And he's he's talking about the juice baseballs and how it's frustrating. No, dude, you're just not that good. And we knew that. And we dealt you. And I'm fine with it. Paxton uh, showed up to his you know his old place and did exactly what we needed him to do. Um, we, we rocked. And I love that we carried because like the letdown from Oakland and then the high of the Dodgers series, we could have had a letdown going into the Mariners series, and we didn't We didn't let that, that happen again. And that was, I said before we went out there, was my biggest fear. I didn't think we'd get swept in Oakland, obviously, but I thought we'd have like a tough series in Oakland, maybe take two or three, take two or three in Los Angeles, and then all of a sudden, you lose two or three, you get swept by Seattle because, you know, 
everyone, it, it's like when we play Tampa when they're bad or we worry about when we play the Orioles when they're just the Orioles, which is bad, is that we see everyone's best. And I was worried we were going to see Seattle's best. Turns out their best is terrible. They suck. Yeah, they're, they're garbage. I mean, they're trash, and <laughs> we handled them. I'm glad to see that we didn't play down to the competition. I even know, like, it's, I guess, you know, we missed him. I was, uh, for a while there, I was like, is Felix Hernandez even, does he play baseball anymore? Like, he's gotten, you know, in the beginning of the year, he was making starts. He made a start against us, but the whole King Felix, the the King has uh, lost his crown. That's, that's done. Yeah. He's only played, he's only uh, played in 10 games this year. So I guess he's dealt with injuries and he stinks. But now moving on to coming home. Yankees come home. We have a nice day off. I think everyone needed a day off, even the fans, after staying up for all those games, you flying across the country back and forth. And what do we do with game one? We lose 8-2, to two, but we roll CeCe Sabathia out there. And now we've discussed at nauseum, and so is every podcast out there, of what does a playoff rotation look like because our rotation – has been shaky at best. Uh, we don't know what's happen, happening with Seve. We don't know if Herman's arm's going to fall off. Tanaka's elbow can go any day. We have no idea like what we're going to get out of him. Then we put CeCe Sabathia on the mound. He stinks. And he comes up lame with his knee. He's now on the IL. He's had his knee drained. Got a cortisone shot for like the 13th time this year. Do you think this is the last time we see CeCe Sabathia on a mound in pinstripes? I hope so. Um, I'm cool with it if it is. I was at that game Friday, and I haven't left the game before the final out until that game because I was halfway out the door just watching CeCe pit. I'm like, yo, we're going to give it up, and we're not going to get it back. And the the thing about CeCe is I just wish there was a way for him to ride off into the sunset for us to end this farewell tour I don't know, with like respect for him, with like, I just, I don't even know how it's going to happen, right? Is there a way for us to respectfully end CeCe's career with the Yankees, his career in Major League Baseball, without putting him back out there to pitch? And like, maybe we can do it sometime in September. Maybe he goes out there for one more start against a lesser opponent, but like, we can't afford to roll him out there against the A's. Uh, we can't afford to roll him out there against anyone, really, because we're fighting for home field. And he he's done, right? That knee, uh, you could say, you know, I, he came out and said, yeah, he felt his knee or whatever. I just felt like, you know, it's a wrap. We're, the season is, is long. We're in September now. He's done. Like, is there a way that we can have him, like, gracefully bow out, um, you know, send him on his way without just, like, I don't know. So you got to think about it like this. We've got tonight's game, which obviously he's not playing in. Tomorrow's game, he's obviously not playing in because he's on the IL until, I want to say, next, like, until like Sunday or something mm. like that. And he's clearly not ready to pitch then. Then we have a bad Detroit team, which I don't think he'll be ready for, a bad Blue Jays team all on the road. Then at home, we have the Angels for three, Blue Jays for three, and that's it at home. Then we go to Tampa for two, three in Texas. CeCe Sabathia cannot be on this playoff roster. I think Severino is showing that he is, like maybe the results aren't fully there yet to where we want, but he's better than CeCe. He's healthy. If he, He'll be back. 
maybe in another start or two. Batances is getting close. That's another spot if we start talking about maybe bullpen arms. I think even if CeCe does start to feel better and throws a bullpen and does all the things that he's supposed to do, at some point someone has to have a conversation with him and say, listen, Karsten, because that's how I think they talk to him. Karsten, you're not making this playoff roster. You are have been great for this franchise. We want to hire you after the season. All this great stuff. But you will not be on a playoff roster because we just can't trust your body and your ability right now. Do you want to start a game in Texas on the last game of the season so you get to pitch one more time? Right. I could see that as an option or even... Do you want to start that Blue Jays game on the 22nd? It's Fan Appreciation Voucher Day, which will get you um, – let's see what, what that gets you. It probably gets you a free ticket or something for a shitty game next year in the upper deck. But what are you going to – like? oh, no, I think it's literally just a voucher. You just get like, hey, I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> I just don't understand – like. We can't put him out there. That's what it comes down to. We cannot put him out there in a game that matters if we're still in contention for home field advantage. If that comes down to the last day of the year, CeCe Sabathia cannot play. If we clinch that on that Saturday and he wants to pitch one last game like Andy Pettit did, go out there and throw a complete game. Say you want to throw 300 pitches. Say the, We could say, the hey, CeCe, the whole game is yours regardless of what fucking happens. Go nuts. But... Do you want to go out? It's like, do you want to go out limping? Do you want to just go out pitching a game that doesn't matter because you're not getting to go out in the playoffs? You're not pitching in the World Series. Right. And I don't know which I don't know which game it'll be. I think he's going to try and come back because he's from Oakland. His last outing was against Oakland. Didn't go so well. He's going to try and come back and pitch to kind of wipe that from our memory and also that not be his last... Yeah, him living off. Like, he doesn't want us to see that as the last thing. Right. That shouldn't be it. So maybe the Blue Jays game or the the Rangers game, he can go out there. Go out there and give me four innings of one run, maybe scoreless pitching, and bow out and tip your cap. And we all applaud. And wherever we're, you know, like, wherever we're at, it's just there's no point in putting him on the playoff roster. That's a waste of a spot. And there's also no point in rolling him out there when we're – late in the season and fighting for home field and it's a matter of a game or two and we put him out there and essentially give up that game. I I also think like CC is kind of in a tough spot because listen, I love CC a decade with the team. He won us a world series. He's gone through some tough times personally from alcoholism, injuries, things of that nature. He's gone professionally through some hard times of, We've just had some rosters that have stunk. Like Kevin Euclid was our third baseman for 20 minutes at one point. You know, he signed on to get a ton of money, which he did. I never feel bad for a guy once they get a ton of money. But to play with Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, like Jorge Posada, like that, that lineup. But he's also seen over time Derek Jeter get the biggest farewell ta- tour of any player ever. Well-deserved. He's seen uh, Mariano Rivera get one of the biggest farewell tours, well-deserved, get unanimous in the Hall of Fame. He saw Jeter and Pettit go out to get Mo. He saw 
Mo wrap up his career, you know, in a way that he wanted to after originally thinking he was going to end it earlier and having his ACL go and coming back and all that. He saw Andy Pettit go out there and throw a complete game to finish his career in Houston, where he's from, where he left to play. He's seen a lot of like very ceremonial exits and he's not going to get it. And I don't really feel bad for him because he's made a ton of money. But if he gets a World Series ring at the end, like he w- kind of contributed to this team. And I think his best thing is to just be a motivator right now and make sure that the young guys are doing the things that they need to do. And essentially, he's an extra coach at this point. Yeah, and I, I think he understands that. And he knows, and he jokes about it on his podcast and interviews. He knows he's done. He knows he's washed. I also don't feel like he gets the Mariano and Jeter treatment because he's not homegrown. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, so it's like, yo, dude, <laughs> like you play for the Brewers, you play for the Indians. Like, we're not we're not giving you all that. Uh, we got a World Series to win. It's been 10 years. We want you as that mascot. We want you as that bullpen, not bullpen, that um, that bench presence, that clubhouse presence. But we can't afford to put you out there if you're not. And you're not. We can't afford to put you out there and, and lose a game. Exactly. I mean, so we lose Simple that as game. that. We lose that game, and then there's a bit of fear through kind of Yankees Twitter and, and everything that, shit, we just lost four games in a row to Oakland. Oakland surging towards the playoffs. Do we want to see Oakland? What's going to happen? And on Saturday, we had a lovely Bronx Pinstripes BP crew event. Um, we had oh, close to 200 people uh, at Billy's, our first time at Billy's. Uh, great partnering with Billy's. Uh, we also partnered with Blue Point Brewery. Uh, great partnering with them. Everyone got two free beers for coming to the event. Uh, great time had by all. We had most of Section 205. We watched the bullpen struggle. It was kind of a it was a tough game to be at at times because the sun shifted, and you know you're sitting out there longer than you're supposed to because Adovino's walking people or Zach Britton has uh, a cramp. And the game kind of felt like it dragged. And then in the middle of it, we've got Gary hitting two home runs. Then we've got Judge tying it up. And at a time when no one really wanted free baseball because we had been in the sun all day, we got some free baseball. And Keith, how do you like to describe the gentleman who hit a walk-off? My MVP, your MVP, hashtag DJLMVP. DJ Mayhew goes deep, really right under us in 205. People started throwing food and water and everything everywhere. I think everyone was just happy it was over um, because, again, long day in the sun. And it kind of got that uh, it got that monkey off our back of like, we can't beat Oakland all of a sudden. Yeah. And that was all I kept saying. I'm like, we're not going to lose five in a row to these guys. Like, we have to do something. Today is the day that it stops. And. I was at the game the night before, drank a little bit, left. I left at 9.30, which is like whack. Like, just left because I knew, hey, I'm coming right back here at 11 a.m. And I don't know. I just knew I had I had a feeling. I didn't know we were going to walk it off, but that was amazing, man. The Bronx Pinstripes crew event was, was so dope. I was in there for the first 15, 20 minutes and didn't even realize we had that whole section up there. I just went upstairs and <laughs> went to the outside bar, bought a drink at the outside bar, um, said what's up to some people. And then I came in, I'm like, where is everybody? Like, where's, where's the like check? I'm like, oh, we get, like, I was on a couple of the Cali edibles I brought back, some of the Cali goods. And I didn't even, I literally didn't even realize we had that area. Then when I saw we had that area, I'm like, dope. We got our own bar. 
we we had the sponsor, the beers and the tickets. Um, shout out to everyone from Twitter that was there that I didn't like. I don't put together. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at putting together faces and names from Twitter. It's I tough. feel like I feel it's like like tough. obviously people know us from the podcast and you know like our avatars like in our avatar like my avatar is me and Cashman and I'm pretty easy to like recognize. I wear like a bandana all the time. But there's other people that I didn't realize until later on Twitter, I'm like, oh, this person is this person. Like, I'm not good at pairing the like actual person to the Twitter account, but shout out to everyone that came through. Uh, what a game. There was, you know, it was a tight game the whole game. And it just, I don't know. It was like that angst of like, yo, we can't lose. We can't lose a fifth one to Oakland. I tweeted something about, you know, um, squashing them and not letting them get any hope. And how I couldn't believe that, like, you know, we're in the Bronx and we we gave it up 8-2 the night before. And no, man, LeMahieu, he had said, he, I think he was 0 for 3. And he said he just didn't want to strike out again. And I caught it on the Bronx pinstripe story. I think Scott caught the video, a couple other people. I said, I was making people get out of their seats. I'm like, stand up. I'm like, how many walk-offs have you guys seen at Yankee Stadium? Stand up. And I'm like, LeMahieu could walk this shit off right now. Not long after that, boom, everybody goes nuts. Yeah, I think, like, so let me ask you back to the meeting people thing. So, I mean, obviously, you, you've done some stuff over the years, but, like, this is the first Yankee season where you're really out there all the time. Like, you're tweeting about it all the time. How big of a, an asshole do you feel like when someone introduces himself to you and you're like, all right, what's your Twitter handle? Like, I have to do it all the time. People are like, oh, I tweet at you all the time. And then I'm like, you know, they'll, they'll be like, hey, I'm Mike. I'm like, oh, yeah. hey, what's up, JJ? And they're like, oh, we tweet a lot. And I'm like, all right. And then they're like, you know, it's whatever, <laughs> like Bronx Bomber. And I'm like, all right, dude, say that. Like, that's <laughs> right. the thing I'm going to know you from. Otherwise, right. you're just and the even, guy who watches me eat. <laughs> exactly. And even if we do tweet a lot, that picture of you is so small in my phone, I don't I don't right away recognize that's you. Uh, and I don't want to be an asshole. I do go out of my way to try and, you know, talk to everyone, meet everyone, take pictures with everyone. Not that I'm like some type of celebrity or some shit, but like I do actually care. If you're a Yankee fan, you're in Yankee Stadium and we talk on Twitter, we should have that. So let me ask you this. It's like you're, you know, this is the first year you've been fully like putting yourself out there, putting content out there like year round, you know. And is it weird when people come up to you and they're like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm Mike. And you're like, oh, hey, Keith. And you're like, they want more out of it. And you're not sure like what they're looking for until they're like, oh, we tweet all the time. I'm BX Bomber. And you're like, all right, I fucking know that. I know that guy. Like, I don't know what you look like. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like, I guess it's more one sided. Like, I know you recognize me or know who I am. And I do tweet back and forth with you. But like that little picture that's in my phone next to you talking about Didi Gregor. Like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't enlarge the photo. I don't have that photo hanging on my wall. I don't see that photo. I don't know to pair that account with the person. When I meet people, I'm nice to everyone. When I'm in the stadium, I run into people. I take pictures with people. I, I love meeting other Yankee fans. But as far as being the guy to match your like account and you in person. I haven't got a hang of that yet. Like it, it's it's not all the way there for me yet. I guess it takes practice. I guess it takes time to like really like no one does that though. No one's looking at their like mentions and going into Yankee Stadium like okay, these are the fifteen people I gotta look for. 
Yeah, it's just it's tough, but and you feel like a douchebag when you're just like, all right, what's your Twitter handle? And it's tough, like as a grown man to say that to another grown man. What's your handle? But Saturday was a blast. Um, I think everyone had a great time. Very excited for possible events in the playoffs. Yep. If you've gone any of the last two years to any of our events, you probably at what point will get an email with the option to buy playoff tickets and come to the game with us. We have a lot of tickets and a lot of good times to have. Sunday, the Yankees go right back out there after a walk-off. Hap gives us six innings, zero earned runs. And watching your Twitter was there were just so many emotions because yeah. like you hate Hap. And then you're like, oh, he's doing good. But then it's like, then you're mad at everyone else. Like, don't blow this one good time, you know? <laughs> yeah, emotional roller coaster because he actually gave us his best start. And it was on September 1st, September call-ups. And it was like tryout day, and I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, never did I say the game was lost or over. I did put a question mark out there with like, why are we punting this game? And if we blow this one good start from Hap, like what does that say about us? Like if we get, the, this guy finally figures it out and gives us a, a good start and we just put Dull out there and Chance Adams out there and just give it away. But man, it was all dramatics. It was all theatrics. Uh, I loved how that game played out, obviously, because I'm a Mike Ford guy, replaced for 28, New Jersey, all that. Uh, couldn't have scripted it any better. It was a fake punt. Um, my manager, I said so, at the time, my manager's got 90 wins. He put Dull in this game. He put Adams in this game, but he also put Mike Ford in this game. All is well. That ends well. I'm cool with it. So we got a couple things going on on Sunday. First of all, Clint Frazier's called back up. <laughs> and it's this the Clint. most... It's got to be like the most heralded September call up of all time. Yeah. Like, like everyone was going nuts about Clint. And I couldn't tell. Like, people were tweeting. Like, they, the Yankees tweet out the lineup and people were quote tweeting it and saying, like, Clinton left field. And I didn't know if they meant as, like, I'm excited or like, I'm scared. Right. Like that's where the fan base is on him. They're like, ah, he's well, an exciting guy. Well, they, they DH'd you know. him the first game. And then he played left field the second game. Yeah, so sorry. That was on, on yes, on the second game. People were worried about left field. But, yeah, so he's back in the lineup. He's DHing, um, not doing anything too special. Aaron Boone, and I did get mad because people are just like, listen, he put Ryan Dull in there. Ryan Dull gets called up, puts Ryan Dull in there. It's a tough position. But this is kind of an important game, kind of a big spot. Does not decide the whole season. And he put a young guy in a tough spot to see how he handled it. And the guy handled it poorly. So we know that Ryan Dull is not going to be on the Yankees playoff roster. I mean, he's he's not that young, but you know, he hasn't had a ton of experience this year in the big leagues after we picked him up. He's had a tough year. So he said, let me see. Brian Cashman has pulled a rabbit out of his ass a thousand times this season with guys that he's picked up. Let's see. It doesn't work out. But Aaron Boone goes out there and makes a decision, like you said, to put Mike Ford in the game to have that walk-off. First time in, like, forever there's been back-to-back -back home runs to tie and walk off a game. Uh, Mike Ford is the first rookie in Yankees history to hit a pinch hit, walk-off home run. There's... um. 
a lot of a lot of good things happening. And the way you said it, my manager's got 90 wins. He's made certain decisions. You, people were talking about firing a manager with 90 wins who won so 100 games last year. So stupid. I saw that stuff. They're like, Boone, once again, Boone mis mismanages this bullpen. Mismanage. I'm like, yo, relax. <laughs> relax. Plus, like, we don't know what was discussed in the clubhouse before the game. Like, you don't know if Adovino said, listen, like, you know, my shoulder's a little sore today. Or whatever. Something yeah, that he doesn't yeah. want to disclose to the media. Got to rest We don't the need thing. to know everything. I understood. You got to rest these guys. I understood. Yeah. We're, we're, it's September 1st, right? In a month from now, we'll be going into the playoffs. So it's like, all right, we now we have these reinforcements from September call-ups. Maybe the plan the whole game before the game was to use these guys as long as it wasn't, you know. I mean, we had no runs on the board. So I, I don't know exactly the thinking. But all is all is well that ends well, and I was fine with the end result. So let's talk about Mike Ford. Mike Ford is living like this fat dream. Oh, we just had oh Gary yeah. Sanchez. <laughs> you see home my runs. hand go up. I'm like Gary Sanchez. <laughs> I've got I've got three monitors here, so I don't know like where to look. First inning. Damn, Gary, Gary Sanchez thirty three. Those are you know what it is. It's because Gary Sanchez is so fat and lazy. He only hits home runs, so he yeah, can jog they, around the bases. They told me he was fat and what? lazy. <laughs> he just Good. jogs Start around early. The bases. That's what I always am looking for. Start early, man. That's what we got to do. So Mike Ford is living like... I don't know if you remember, because we're about the same age, but like when we were kids, Disney used to do these... like On ABC, they would have movies on like Sunday nights that they would make like specifically for this... Brandy played Cinderella. Yeah. Tony Danza was the field goal kick, the garbage pick in field goal kick in Philadelphia phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And that's what like Mike Ford is like. Mike Ford's almost like invincible of just like, he's just this like fat dude from New Jersey who grew up loving the Yankees, who got called up, and now he's got 10 home runs. I didn't anticipate having to know even who he was this year. I, I, I don't know what to say about him. He confuses me. He's a Princeton grad. His parents are both doctors. <laughs> like, yeah. his story is like an under, underdog story, but not. Like, I'm sure he's got a pretty nice life outside of baseball. He's got a Princeton education. His parents are doctors. Uh, he's from Montgomery. I had a friend in, in co college that... Um, is actually from Montgomery and I, in college I went to visit him and like he had a really nice house and lived in a nice neighborhood I went to the high school saw a football game I'm like this is a nice North Jersey suburb and I picture Mike Ford I don't I don't know how like you can't picture him the story I don't think Mike Ford's have a, had a hard life no I think that's what we're trying to say he didn't have a hard life he's just kind of like stumbled upon this opportunity and he was a career minor league guy but now he's found something, and I'll take that left-handed bat at first base. And it's, I don't know, man, with, with Look Voigt, and I say Look Voigt, L-double-O-K, because he keeps striking out looking. He should be looking over his shoulder because Mike Ford has shown me something Sunday to Sunday when I was in L.A. and saw him basically win that Dodgers game for us. And then this past Sunday of the holiday weekend, seeing him walk off like that, man, Maybe he makes the maybe he makes the, the postseason roster. Why not? One of my favorite things about Mike Ford is that so like you rep him as like a big jersey guy. Yeah. Totally makes sense. And a lot of people do. 
But people are like, yo, Mike Ford, son of two doctors from Bellmead, New Jersey, Princeton. And they just throw Princeton in there as if it's like Rutgers or Monmouth, just some like Jersey school. (laughs) Ivy League. No, like it's fucking Ivy League. He's the first player in Ivy League history to be named the player and pitcher of the year. Yeah. Like, very good. I don't know. I don't know if he's always been this big, but like that's just my favorite thing is people almost write off like <laughs> like the fact that Princeton is an Ivy League school. Um, so yeah, so Ford goes in, wins that Scott was at that game, got a great video of that. And it just it's one of those things where you lose three in Oakland. You win on the road against the Dodgers, against Seattle. You come home. You lose another one to Oakland. Then you get that walk-off, and you're like, who knows where this is going to go? Good start by half. Like, it's really been emotional. And then all of a sudden, Mike Ford does that, and we're all headed into Labor Day having a great time. And the best is Mike Ford gets interviewed. He's always like his shirt's kind of like undone. He looks like he was going to DJ's <laughs> after the game and like I'll be back for Monday. Like I'm getting my Labor Day weekend still. I had a, a guy tweeting me that Mike Ford was a fat slob, that he was a hippo, and I actually called for Mike Ford when Luke Voigt was striking out. I'm like, give me Mike Ford on Twitter. I'm like, get Luke Voigt out of here. Put Mike Ford at first base. Like, give me Mike Ford. And I thought Clint was going to get the chance to be the hero, but of course not. It was it was a pitching matchup. Um, we put the lefty in there, and the hefty lefty came through. And in his post game, he said, "Well, Brett Gardner took all the pressure off me. Brett tied it. Like that Gardner home run came when Gardner, similar to Lemayhu, had been 0 for three with a bunch of strikeouts. Gardy redeemed himself in one swing in that game, and then Mike Ford finished it off. He said." He said he didn't hear anything running around the bases. That's like a that's definitely like a blackout moment. You're, you know, a, a Yankee fan, a guy from Jersey. You get pinched hit to potentially win the game and you rise to the occasion and do it. And I was saying the whole time, I'm like, man, this guy rises to the occasion. They've put him in big spots for a guy from uh, Princeton University that was a career Triple uh, A guy, they've put him in Dodger Stadium when Didi got hurt. They've put him in to win the game um, and take the series from the A's, and he's responded. I don't need to see much more from from him going forward. Like I want him on that playoff roster. I, I'm pleasantly surprised that we have him because I said a couple weeks ago we had a guy at first base, we had a lefty power bat at first base, and we were banking on him being with this team. He was part of the Baby Bombers. Maybe this, you know, the way the story was written, Mike Ford, it's your time to come shine. Can you imagine the madness if Mike Ford can do what he's done in the last week in the postseason? If he could just not lose any weight, like if his weight doesn't fluctuate, if his late weight doesn't fluctuate at all and he can do what he's been doing and he's just this like cherub fucking man, it'd be amazing. Dude. But. It does kind of make me worry because now this is like our third first baseman who's come through the system, like who's going to be the guy. I'm like, how's Mike Ford going to get injured now? Well, I mean, Edwin is back. And with Mike Ford, remember when the the first time he came up, he he wore 36 like Cone. But the second time that he came up when Voight went down, they put number 70 on him. He looked like an offensive guard. He looked like a big-ass lineman out there. And then... 
I think uh, Valera was wearing 36. Valera got set down, and Ford grabbed 36 right back. And since he's had that 36 on his back, maybe he's got some decom magic. He's looked great. So I, I don't think he's going to lose any weight. I don't mind that he's fat. He plays first base. I hope not. Stay he hits. Fat. Like, yeah, it, it works for him. Uh, we've had some players in the in the past, CC, you know, they're better when they're fat. Like, sometimes these guys, uh, maybe that's where his power is coming from. Um, I don't need him to be slim. He's not playing center field. Yeah, I, I love it. Hopefully, Mike Ford can keep the story going. I don't know if he makes the playoff roster, if people are healthy. But, like, here's the thing. We've had all these injuries. We've been through so much, like, as a fan base, as a team. And now it's just like, hey, there are just some tough decisions about this roster coming up, uh, which is a really good place to be. I mean, you want to have those options. Uh, the Yankees roll out of that into a Monday, Labor Day, 1 o'clock start. Tanaka goes out there, gives up a run in the first, gives up a run in the fifth, gives us six innings, two earned runs. Uh, we make Minor just look like a fucking Cy Young Award winner. So we go out there, we lose 7 nothing. After that Saturday and Sunday, yeah. uh, it's tough to get mad. You know, yeah, you don't want to lose to fucking Mike Minor, but he's having a decent season. He's got, uh, you know, a low threes ERA. So it is what it is. We do lose the 220 game no shutout streak, Good. which, like, well, it you know, it, it's been, I, I, I totally agree with you. It's been coming up like a lot. You know, it gets to the seventh inning of the game. Oh, well, they haven't scored yet. And it's like, well, we're worried about winning this game. And that was a big talk on Sunday's game. And it's good to see that the players don't give a shit about getting shut out. They care about winning. Right. And I think uh, Kyle something on, on Twitter said, I'm glad that the shutout streak is over now because what if we got shut out in game one of the ALDS? Then it would it would just pour it on. Like, oh, the Yankees uh, get shut out. They're, they're going to lose this series. So I'm like, good, that's done. We start a new streak going forward today. We're already on the board. Gary put us on the board. We're not getting shut out today. And um, it's tough. We had back-to-back Gatorade showers and parties at, at the plate. Two days in a row, we got the monkey off of our back with with Oakland sweeping us, and we had to go 11 innings and then bottom of the ninth to beat Oakland back-to-back games to take the second series. That takes a lot out of the whole team. That takes a lot of energy and emotion out of guys. I understood Monday, Labor Day weekend, holiday. Uh, yeah, Mike Miner, he did his thing, and I think it's it's a lesson learned, right? Because when they talk about this Yankee team, I listen to a lot of WFAN and ESPN Sports Radio. They talk about our pitching, but they also talk about if our bats go quiet. And our bats were very quiet yesterday. And if that happens in the in the postseason, we're toast. So I think that's a good lesson for this team that, hey, we can't let that happen because if that combined with like a bad Tanaka outing in the postseason, like that's the type of game we're going to put up and it's going to suck. Yeah, you know, I think exactly what you said. Listen, we just got to score a run for 308 more games and we'll we'll have the record. Like, new, you know, new streak, but exactly. Yankees Twitter would go nuts if we had a shot shot out. We're cruising to the playoffs. We're excited about it. And let's talk some injuries. Uh, Edwin's back. He went one for eight in a minor league rehab assignment. The important thing is he says, listen, my wrist feels better. Um it's kind of it's interesting to me because obviously we care more about the World Series, but for some of these guys, like Clint was in AAA for a majority of the season, and uh, the team went out and won the division earlier today. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. Like you're kind of you're with those guys. 
you're not going to get to be a part of their playoffs. You're also not going to get to be a part of our playoffs. You know, <laughs> so it's 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 kind of weird. Um, Sevi is slated to start on Friday on regular rest. Um, his outing after that would be September 11th. The Yankees are in Detroit that day. It might be too soon. The next start after that would be September 17th when the Yankees host the Angels. So also factor into all that CC, maybe get another start thing is we have guys who are going to help in the playoffs that need to come, you know, that need to get their starts. Hopefully Severy keeps it going. I mean, he gave up two runs in one inning, in a little over one inning in his first rehab start, but let's just keep it going. Let's see if we can get him back. Uh, Gio Urshela is out for uh, 10 days, uh, and he will be able to start um, start coming back, you know, when we get into the middle of September. Uh, I think everyone thinks it's a blessing. I saw uh, Boone said, listen, he's done a lot for us at just that time of the year. He's a little banged up anyway. It's probably the best thing for him and for us to do this now and make sure it doesn't become a lingering issue. I totally agree. Stanton is working his way closer to uh, a rehab. We don't know what that means. He's supposed to you know, be starting to get at bats down in Tampa, start to see some pitching. Hopefully we'll see him soon, maybe joining the playoff roster for the uh, Scranton Rail Riders so he can win his AAA championship before his World Series, as has been prophesied by me. And Dellen Batances is still looking good, still start, you know, doing some sim games, uh, no major setbacks, and should be hopefully appearing in some games soon. We, we don't have a set game. Last I checked, we didn't have a set date for him to join anyone. Uh, and who knows? It may just be coming back to, uh, you know, to the big leagues. Earlier today, uh, Batances did face Stanton yeah. at Yankee Stadium. There's video of that out there. Yeah, I was just about to ask if you saw that because uh, I saw a small clip where Stanton took him deep, but then someone sent the other clip of Batanza striking him out, and I was like, I don't know how to feel about this because yeah, I've seen I've seen both. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I don't know if I don't know if this is good or bad. Uh, we need Batanza. It's like you, like it's like you with Hap on Sunday of like Hap. I hate. Yeah, you're all right. Like <laughs> we don't know which way to feel. And with it's Didi, a lot man, of emotions. With Didi, man, uh, I know he was something like two for twenty three at some point. But what I'll say about Didi is he is bigger than the numbers everyone loves him he does the post game stuff and the guys legit on this team like they they love him and respect him and the biggest thing for me with Didi and going into the postseason is that clutch gene Didi is that. clutch Didi hits grand slams Didi also plays small ball and and smokes one up the middle of the field when we need it a couple days ago like Didi is a ridiculous defensive um, shortstop. Like I just see so many people hating on Didi. I've seen people go to lengths to write paragraphs and 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 things about Didi. Where I'm just like, yo, you got to get off this dude. Please remember that this is the dude that replaced Jeter and is still the Yankee shortstop, which is one of the hardest jobs in all sports. And really, like pushed himself to get back early this year, earlier than we thought. Like. This is a guy who's dedicated to being in pinstripes, has made being a Yankee a huge part of his life and his personality and being a New Yorker and all that stuff. You can't let one 20-something game stretch of at-bats like determine that. Jeter's had those slumps. Everyone's had those slumps. Right. And this guy... And like this, you said, this in, guy's clutch. in the playoffs, he doesn't. Yeah. Right. This guy's clutch. When I'll never forget, when I got back to my seat... 
They they intentionally walked Gary, and the first pitch Didi saw, he hit that grand slam in Dodger Stadium, and that broke that game open. And I'm just like, like for me, all is forgotten when you do something like that. Um, and there's so much with like whether it's a guy gets out or you know Ryan Dahl goes in the game. Everyone wants to point out, well, if we miss home field by one game, this is it. And it's like, wait, this is it? It's that one moment. It's that strikeout for, you know, th- that time Didi struck out. It's that time Ryan Dull gave up three runs in one inning. It's a time the umpires made a bad call at second base against the Dodgers. But, like, no one's going to go back to when we lost 10-1 to to the Mariners on May 8th. Right. Like, why didn't we win that game? That's a game that we should have won. Or when we lost two to the Orioles at the beginning of the season. It's just really like a, a recency bias of like, this is the thing that did it. This is the thing. That, it's a long season. We're going to end up where we're going to end up. That's going to be in the Canyon of Heroes. But how we get there, maybe we don't have home field all the way through. Either way, I'd like to have it. But everyone's got to relax on Twitter. People are, people are getting too mad on Yankees Twitter. People are getting suspended. Again, their account's taken. Yeah, and there's everyone's too many people hiding behind... Yankees uh, accounts, Bronx Bomber, Yankee 27 champions, and even the hoodie gang, like they're they're cool, but there's there's too many people with these strong opinions about this team and they're not wearing them. And when I say wearing them, they're not putting these opinions next to their names. Like everything I say about the Yankees is right next to Keith McPherson. Some of you are coming out of the woodworks with these takes and these critiques and you're hiding behind the screen. And that's whack, especially in 2019. Like if you're going to come out and say something like that, own it. I love it. Could have said it better myself. Stop getting suspended from Twitter, you fucking idiot. <laughs> um, one thing I don't like about Twitter, though, is you can't tell people to kill themselves anymore. Otherwise, you lose your account. Like, come on. Yeah, no. Uh, and all of that is changing, too. Like, if, like, I saw this dude today got chopped by just because of the way he used. He didn't direct. like. Oh, uh, but his girlfriend fucking tweeted a thousand times about it. Oh, okay. Fuck it. So Everyone it's deeper cried. than that. But I'm just like. It's just everyone crying, though. Like, oh, when Twitter suspended me, they, I thought, what about First Amendment rights? First Amendment rights has to do with the government, all right? Twitter can fucking suspend I've never me. been suspended, but that's because I don't go on Twitter and use... Even when I do curse, I, like, I like take the U out of, uh, out of fuck. I take the I out of shit because, it, like, I just know that that won't... It won't catch in the, like, I don't know, the, the Twitter, whatever they have to, to catch these words you use as, like, hate speech or offensive or whatever like i i've never been suspended and i haven't even been close and there's people that have lost multiple accounts and got suspended yo it was crazy when we went because you're a big like twitter in real life guy i'm not yeah and when we went to that suite i was talking to so many guys like jose new york state of mind yeah yeah Um, he he was like he was like yo i lost my account like some other chick in there was like oh yeah well when i had to rebuild my account i'm like what the fuck are you people doing i've been out here for forever saying the wildest shit I've been saying the wildest shit out here for fucking ever. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm saying. You know what it is? Because they direct it at people, whereas like I just like I direct it at the world. Right. When you add someone and you use curse words or certain language, Twitter flags that. And like I said, I just I have never been suspended. I don't at people and say many things negative, and I also don't write out f u c k s h i t. You know. Yeah, I mean, I was just. Uh, I just wish I could tell people to kill themselves on there. You know, Whether I used to do literally? that all the time on like comments and Instagram comments. Even my my girl, like 
I told someone like, you know, like kill yourself. And my girl was like, don't say that. That's not nice. That's you shouldn't be putting that out. I'm like, yeah, but that's what they asked for. Now I don't even. I just don't even. I just take the high road. Instagram, Twitter, comments, replies. I I don't even have the time for it. Around the league, Justin Verlander did something I don't give a shit about. Justin Verlander pitches third career no hitter, punctuating a dominant season by striking out. 14 to lead the Houston Astros past the Toronto Blue Jays 2 to nothing on Sunday. Verlander became the sixth pitcher to throw at least three no-hitters in the majors, an elite club that includes the likes of Nolan Ryan, Sandy Koufax, and Cy Young. Credit to ESPN because I just read that straight from their article. A lot of people were also making a big deal because um, he th- he's thrown two in Toronto, which okay. is like, yeah, well, they stink. Makes I sense. Throw, <laughs> if I go down to a little league field, I could throw two because they stink. Like, Do you like Verlander? Like, like I can't stand Ver- Verlander. It's always fuck Verlander if you're talking to me. So I don't like Verlander because so I didn't. I don't like Verlander in like facing him. Like I hate facing Verlander. But there's times when I I've enjoyed some of his criticism of the way things are in baseball. Um, I did like, like he kind of, he went through Kate Upton when he didn't win like a Cy Young award, um, you know, to like some stats don't matter, but then he got thrown out recently and he did it like a bitch. Like he turned, he said something on Pyre and then he turned around and he was still cursing at him, but not looking at him and threw a fit. Like, yeah. why'd you throw me out? I wasn't even looking at you. And it's like, all right, don't, You're don't still be talking a bitch shit. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I did like that his shit got hacked, and I saw his girl's nudes. Yeah, they had those running for a little while, but then his team must have, like, I don't know, they must have cleaned the internet. They got those all off. But you, for a while, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing him and Kate up and stuff. You just Google the fappening, and it's there. You could literally just Google it, and it would produce. But I, 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 don't, I don't rock with Verlander, like, at all. And when we see him, cool. I think they said he threw something, like, what did he throw, uh, like 120 pitches in that game? Yeah, good. Throws a lot good. of pitches. Exhaust him on the Blue Jays to throw it like great, great. I hope he throws another no hitter with 120 pitches before the end of the season. And he was saying like 96 in the ninth inning, and that's great. Yeah, it's 120. His curveball was good. You know, he retired the last 26 guys in a row, and that's all great. But again, that's the Blue Jays. And yeah, Bo Bichette is, you know, getting a hit every game. But still, that's not the Yankees lineup. And beyond that, like they have a lot of health issues. So it doesn't make me worry too much about Houston, even though they have a good record. I feel confident of us going up against them. And again, I, you know, I said it earlier in the season, I tweeted it about, uh, about them. Justin Verlander can't start every game of a series. So, all right, cool. Like you said, fucking blow out your arm for all I give a shit. Right. Yeah. And then they kept hitting us the, the Sunday game. It was like every commercial break, Justin Verlander, like, I don't care. I'm like, we we get it. Like, he's pitching a no-no against the Blue Jays. Like, we're in the middle of a game that we need to win. Yes Network was was showing it, and then I even switched to TBS out of Superstition, and TBS was showing saw it. that. And I'm like, yo, I don't care about Justin Verlander throwing his third no-hitter. Like, I get it. Good. I hope he gets it done so they can stop cutting to it. And you know it's all just am- – it's all just – it's building the propaganda of, oh, the Astros are going to win the World Series because they have the best pitching. So you're watching the Yankee broadcast, and they have to cut to Verlander foreshadowing that, like, you got to face him. Okay, I'm fine with that. Let him let him throw everything he's got against uh, Kevin Biggio. Like, I, the way Father Time works, I know 
it's going to be a sudden like hit for him where he might be in a game against us and he just doesn't have it anymore. I hope it's in like a month. Same. Fingers <laughs> you know? crossed for that. What else do we got? Oh, we do have some sad, some sad news. Now, we talked about this while we were in Italy. Well, I was in Italy. Uh, you had just come back. It happened while we were in Europe. Tyler Skaggs passed away over the summer on uh, July 1st. Uh, and I think, you know, we tried not – I remember when that happened. I was like, I don't really tweet about that shit. I don't really like to talk about it because it's not, you know, whatever. He's just a guy who died, and my thoughts and prayers on Twitter aren't going to do anything. That's just getting me more attention. And I did say a positive was, like, he wasn't found next to, like, a bottle of pills. Like, that shit always gets out right away, at least I thought. So we thought it was going to be a, you know, just like a heart attack or something like that. Unfortunately, he had opioids, fentanyl, oxycodone, uh, along with alcohol in his system when he was found in his hotel room, the toxicology report says. Um, his, it's very sad. His family uh, put out a statement that they were you know, very distraught by it. One thing that was interesting is that uh, they did say, we are grateful for the work of the detectives in the South Lake Police Department and their ongoing investigation into the circumstances surrounding Tyler's death. We were shocked to learn that it may involve an employee of the Los Angeles Angels. We will not rest until we learn the truth about how Tyler came into possession for these narcotics, including who supplied them. To that end, we have hired an attorney. Um, it sucks, man, when you see a guy um who you know you think had it all turns out he choked on his own vomit uh he was found fully clothed in his bed uh really no signs of trauma it stinks when you hear about a young guy like this who loses his life regardless um but my understanding was and and i don't know if you've heard anything different like there's no history of this it's not like anyone suspected anything like this or that he was doing any kind of drugs all it takes is one time it's unfortunate because once this comes out now, months later, it it kind of taints. I don't know. It sucks because, you know, they had that game where, you know, all the things with the numbers and 45 and his mom throwing out the first pitch. And at that time, if we would have known this news, like that would have been different. And I'm glad that we didn't know. And I'm glad that I think they did what they did as far as not letting the toxicology report come out. But I mean, we're all we're all young men and we all watch the game and we all can imagine what goes on with these guys. They were on this like big Texas road trip and I tried to hold out and, you know, give the benefit of the doubt. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, if they found this guy in his hotel room, there's only a few ways that that goes down. And it sucks to hear later that this is exactly what, what happened, a mixture of drugs, alcohol, him choking on his own vomit because that's it's 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 terrible it's um something that you know in my town and in my area i've heard before happening to some people or some people's uh family and overdoses and whenever you hear that type of stuff uh it just it makes it hurt even more that you lost a person like that and this is a guy with a family kids i believe um had a career in front of him and all it took was one bad night and that's all it is it's just a, a one bad night of a mixture of drugs alcohol and you're gone and uh there's nothing you could do about it and i i think it's just like you know it's a lesson for for people um you got to be careful uh even if you're a millionaire professional athlete pitcher who only pitches every five days and you're going on this road trip like you know how fucked up do you have to get you know 
playing that game and we've all done it we've all mixed and taken drugs and drank well maybe we all haven't done it <laughs> not me i've actually never that just have I, I smoke a bunch of weed i've never done uh an opioid i have a lot of friends who um have either died or are currently addicts yeah. um so one thing on this we rarely get serious on this if you know anyone who's going through this do anything you can to help them even if you don't find somewhere free uh it's normally free where you can get trained on narcan and administering narcan through a charity I run, I sponsored uh, three sessions, three trainings, and one of the person who got trained saved someone's life. It makes it, you know, a success in my mind. But yeah, I mean, sometimes people just say whether it's now. I doubt this is the first time. No one really tries fentanyl the first time. It's you know maybe oh I'll take a perk here, a perk there, and you build your way up. You know, hope you know slowly, but don't mess with that shit. It's not good for you. And, you know, a guy who had it all, you know, you would think he's really piecing it together this season. Um, Good-looking guy, young guy, going to be a free agent after next season, going to, you know, get a ton of money. And, you know, one mistake can throw it all away. Yeah, man. What a sad way Rest to end Rest in peace, Tyler Skaggs. It's unfortunate, but let it be a lesson to anyone that knows the story. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll stop someone from, um, you know, going out the same way. It's weird because the way he went out, I feel bad for his family and him and the decisions and all that stuff. Um, when uh, Jose Fernandez died, I did not because he took people with him with like the way he did. And I remember when he died, it was obviously tragic. And then it came out that he was on cocaine and stuff like that. And when that came out, there's always the people who are like, well, why do you have to report that? And it's like, well, it's sad. It sucks. But it's a full story. And that's, you know, that's how you learn from these things going forward. So you never know what someone has going on in their life, what they're trying to, uh, you know, blow off some steam. If you find yourself in that situation, please seek help uh, so you can watch the Yankees win many more World Series. Keith, you got anything else for the people this week? You, what games are you going to? Uh, I'm going to the game tomorrow night. Um, nice. And, and then we're on the road. So, yeah, yep, I'll be at I'll the be game at- tomorrow, Wednesday night. So if you hear this Wednesday, Keith will be at the game. Uh, he might be at La Bodega if you know how to I get really there. should just pull up to La Bodega tomorrow just to see who's in there. But I don't know. Um, if you're in there, just ta- if you do go, take a picture. <laughs> just like tweet out like here to see who's <laughs> here to see who's here to beat JJ's ass. No one, man. It's never going to yeah. happen. It's not even that big. Uh, um, I will be in Boston this weekend. So if you are at the games Friday or Saturday, tweet at me likely you know maybe i'll meet up with you maybe i won't i can't guarantee it i've got some stuff going on but i think friday i'm in a sweet saturday i'll be floating around a little bit more so uh let me know if you're going to be there two exciting games keith you got anything else for the people subscribe rate review that's how this thing keeps growing tell a friend to tell a friend once again shout out to everyone that was at the bp crew event it's too hard to list names but if i talk to you and you're hearing this you know that i know and vice versa good looks Shout out to our guys from the UK who came. It's like weird. Like when we went over to London and we met so many of those guys, I was like, I'll, I'll never see these people again in my life. Like, honestly, well, I will family, shout them out. James and, and Clive yeah. are, are my boys. They, they're solid guys. I never dreamed that we do a Yankees podcast and reach the UK and have two guys that their first trip to Yankee Stadium was this past weekend. They got to see two walk offs back to back, a BP crew event. Like, you can't plan a trip like that, you know? They they just picked it out and made it happen. 
Uh, I was happy to see them Friday, and I took them to get their first certificate, uh, first first game at Yankee Stadium certificate. They got theirs the same week that uh, Kemp Reinen got his. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, shout out to the UK. Um, it's awesome that we have these platforms, um, social media, podcasts, to be able to connect with people across the pond. Yeah, no, great shout to those guys. I know James uh, listens to this. Uh, he said, based on the time they listen, right as they're like getting out of work, because like this comes out while they're at work. So, hope you guys had a good day at work. Um, if you're in Boston this weekend, let me know. If you're at the game on Wednesday, let Keith know. Follow Keith on Twitter at Keith underscore McPherson. Follow him on Instagram at Keith McPherson, one word. Follow the show at George's Box Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. And as always, you can follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter, on Instagram. Retweet Stadium Meets. Let the haters know. I'll go wherever the fuck I want with a camera. Yeah, figure out what I'm going to eat at Fenway this weekend. One thing that does bother me is we can't clinch on Friday or Saturday. I'm coming home Sunday. We might. I be know able to you want it. Yeah, Monday. you wanted that to go down. I wanted that to happen for you because that that. Was yeah, crazy. I was bringing I was bringing ski goggles with me to Fenway. <laughs> like I had ski goggles because I'm I'm gonna be in the EMC suite, so I was gonna get a <laughs> glass champagne. of champagne, and I was just gonna do the post game video in goggles with a glass of champagne like an asshole. But maybe another time. Keith, it's been good talking to you, everybody. You got to start putting in your vacation days, man. We got a parade coming up. I'm feeling November 1st. I would love that. We'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.